You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Rentschler, episode 97. The other pieces that we were helping people include were their super strengths. So what are you really the best at? And how do you get out of the canned language and really tell me what you do? What are you good at? And then we also had people think about their quirks or the things that make them different and their background, the kind of fascinating facts that might include some of the, you know, Meg's coached this many people or she's coached in this many organizations, but also maybe some facts of Meg's traveled to 20 different countries or those pieces that really make you more human. And those human pieces are often hard for individuals in their bios because we don't know how much to say, we don't know what to say. And yet when we don't include those, we end up having that kind of distance between us and the client. And they don't know how we're different because we're just telling them the same canned, so many years of coaching experience, these types of credentials that everybody else is sharing. And they don't really understand those anyways. They want to connect with with us, especially when it's a one-to-one coaching agreement. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rinchler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to this week's show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler, executive and mentor coach and coach educator. I appreciate you being with us. You're going to certainly get your time's worth today. We have a great show. I'm wondering how your fall is. I mean, we're late summer now, getting into the fall. We've got some major changes happening here at the Rentschler household. My youngest child left today to go back to Lubbock, uh, where he is going to be a junior at Texas Tech University. My oldest son is a college graduate and is starting a new job tomorrow morning. So beginning tomorrow morning, I will have the house back to myself, except that we have a puppy that my youngest son brought home from school last year, and he has gone back without the puppy. So I will be puppy sitting, and hopefully that won't interrupt me working with my clients and producing the show, but keep your fingers crossed for me. So what is going on for all of you in your late summer, early falls? I hope that you've got some adventures planned. And one of the things that we're going to focus on today is maybe this is a great time for you to be looking at how you are presenting yourself through your LinkedIn profile, through the bio that you attach to proposals, and what people see when they come to your website. How are you putting yourself out there in a way that differentiates you from the crowd and attracts people to want to know more about you? That is exactly what our guest today is going to be sharing with us. Marie Zimanoff is the CEO of Career Thought Leaders Consortium and Resume Writing Academy. She has a mission to change the world through proactive career management. 
And Marie has worked with corporate, workforce, corrections, universities, private practices. She is consistently pursuing the latest strategies and tools to achieve the best client outcomes in every setting that we're in. So in this situation, we're looking at how we as professional coaches can create a way that we put ourselves in front of our audience that is not all about labels and titles, but in fact brings a story to it. And Marie does an excellent job sharing that with us. I'm excited to share her information with you. For those of you who heard last week's show on SEO optimization, we talked about how to get more people to your website. Well, once you get more people to your website, you want to be sure that you are presenting yourself in such a way that people want to engage with you. They want to know more about you. So this is an excellent follow-up interview for our interview last week with Dr. Karen Finn about SEO optimization. Today, we've got Marie Zimanoff, who's going to share with us the best way to present ourselves. I won't keep you waiting anymore. Let's go to our interview with Marie Zimanoff. I want to welcome Marie Zimanoff to the show today. Marie, thanks for joining the Star Coach Show today. Yes, thank you for having me, Meg. I am so excited to have you because I was introduced to you through Susan Critton, who did another show with us, but you two were like the stars. Well, there were several stars, but you were definitely stars at the ICF Converge Conference in that you ran some workshops around the very thing that we're going to be talking about today, and they were jam-packed full. So I thought it would be wonderful to be able to bring the value that you brought to that small group, because there's only so much room that could fit in those, in those <laughs> rooms, to the broader audience. And so we're going to be talking about that, but I'd like to start first with you sharing just a little bit about your background and what you do. You work in two organizations. So give us just a little cap of who Marie is and what she does. Yes, Meg. So I have a background as a counselor as well. I know that you have a counselor background and started in career development about 12 years ago, I guess now, outside of the university. Worked at the university for a while before that, but got into counseling as my training program and found career development and really found a home. So my world, my life, my passion has always been in that career development space. And then about five years ago, had the opportunity to transition into doing training of other career development professionals and started doing that with some of the programs I developed for the Workforce Center staff and then moved into training other coaches as the the lead honcho at the Career Thought Leaders Consortium. And Career Thought Leaders Consortium is a global group that brings together career practitioners, people who are doing leadership coaching, career coaching, resume writing, anything that has to do with career management, career advancement. And then in in the last two years, added the branding community to that. So people who are working in personal branding and image consulting, It's really all about getting and helping clients get ahead 
And then also the Resume Writing Academy, which is pretty clear what they do. They teach, they teach professionals how to write professional resumes. So your resume writers and, and individuals within career development world, so mm -hmm. universities, military bases, and workforce centers that help people write their resumes or write professional resumes. And I love that working with my colleagues every day and training, helping them build a business or build their career in the career development space. Really needed valuable offerings. And with knowing your incredible background and your area of specialty, uh, we want to be able to help our audience figure out, okay, and, and as you know, Marie, some of our audience are just in the place of determining how do I transition from being maybe HR professional or a business owner of a something else. And, and I've decided now that my next career, maybe it's my second career or my third career, is going to be in coaching. And how do I represent myself to the world as a coach? And I know that at the ICF Converge, can you tell us a little bit about what the workshop was that you were working around and then how we are going to bring some of that value to the audience today? Yes. Yes. So ICF Converge was a, a bit of a flourish of, in, of activity because we had four hours of bio workshops. So helping people create their professional bios and the room was pretty small. They didn't really calculate well how many people are going to be interested in this topic. So almost for that complete four hours, we had a full house, full packed room. In fact, in one of the sessions, there were people sitting on the floor, which was a lot of fun. And it was, you know, it was a lot for us. We did the three workshops there, an hour and 15 minutes back to back to really help individuals figure out who they are as a coach and how they want to communicate their unique value because we're all different, right? None, no two coaches are the same. Even if we offer the same menu of services, we do it differently. Our why for, for why we do it is different. And that attracts a certain type of client. So we went through some exercises. You know, if you ever come to any of my presentations, you know that you don't get to just sit there and listen. Uh, I don't operate that way. <laughs> So You're we, going to get involved. Work. Get your hands dirty here. Right. So they had to do some writing. They had to do some sharing with other people in the room mm -hmm. and really clarify what they wanted to say about themselves. And a lot of people were going to use it for LinkedIn, which we'll talk about a little bit today. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people were going to use it as some kind of more formal maybe one sheet bio that they would send in with a proposal. So it laid the groundwork for a lot of different things that they could do with their, their bio, but you need these pieces to be able to build a bio that speaks to who you are individually. And that was, it was a lot of fun and people got into it and they participated and they hopefully walked away with some sentence structures and ideas that they could use to start their bio. Excellent. And, all those pieces, you know, when we are um, our own business owner and we get, let's say, a request for proposal, many times when you get a request for proposal, it is a very short window that you have to respond. I've always kind of chuckled that the the company that's looking for the for the position to be, or maybe they have an executive coaching opportunity, their idea of 
how quickly they want you to respond does not necessarily correlate with how quickly they're going to make the decision. Uh, (laughs) But they want you to be able to give that information pretty quickly. So if you can have a solid bio ready to go and you're not reinventing the wheel each each time, you're already maybe a little ahead of the game. So you said there were some pieces of the bio that or pieces for a bio that we want to be sure that, that we're filling in. What kinds of pieces? So thinking about you have different categories of your work history, you have different categories that you want to include. And most people include their credentials. Most people will include maybe something about why people work with them, but maybe not go very in depth. They might include a little bit about their strengths, but it's really kind of canned language or maybe something that out of a book. Yeah. People list their strengths from Strengths Finder. It's not really you, right? It's that's the book. Right. And so the other pieces that we were helping people include were their super strengths. So what are you really the best at? And how do you get out of the canned language and really tell me what you do? Right? What are, what are you good at? And then we also had people think about their quirks or the things that make them different and their background, the kind of fascinating facts that might include some of the you know, Meg's coached this many people, or she's coached in this many organizations, but also maybe some facts of Meg's traveled to 20 different countries, or those pieces that really make you more human. And those human pieces are often hard for individuals in their bios, because we don't know how much to say, we don't know what to say. And yet, when we don't include those, we end up having that kind of distance between us and the client. And they don't know how we're different because we're just telling them the same canned, you know, so many years of coaching experience, these types of credentials that everybody else is sharing. And they don't really understand those anyways. They want to connect with with us, especially when it's a one-to-one coaching agreement. Right. So you talked about that, you know, how do I stand out? So many times, what I will hear from coaches is how do I differentiate myself? There is the coaching industry is booming right now. Um, So many train or educate at least 150 new coaches a year with the two programs that I work within. So that's just, you know, two coaching programs out of all the coaching programs. How do I differentiate? So you talked a little bit about some of the things we might think about or add to either our bio or, I would assume we could do this on our website as well. Yeah. Uh, You talked about some exercises. Now, I know we're not going to be able to do exercises right now during the podcast, but what might be something that I could do to to begin to get clarity about these things that don't feel very special to me, but maybe they are special and I just need to get connected with them? Yeah. So we went through some fill in the blank types of questions that people could answer. So people say my expertise is when I'm really at my best, this is what I'm doing. So we went through some of those fill in the blank pieces that that folks could go through. I think as a coach, if you're an experienced coach, you can also go through some of your success stories, some of your favorite clients, and think about what was it that made that client so fun? What was it that made that client so successful that you did, that you brought? What piece of it was was your style that helped that client get there? And then 
pick out those themes. And we talked a lot about themes, looking for themes in the feedback that you've gotten for clients, looking for themes in the feedback that you've gotten maybe from other places, and looking for themes in your own stories. What is it that you do over and over and over again that makes you successful with your clients or that you really enjoy? And, you know, kind of depending on your personality, you're going to not like that success word or those achievement words. And so you might gravitate more towards those enjoyment words or what did you really love? When have you really been uh, on fire for your coaching? Those types of words. And that's okay. Whatever helps you get those stories out and really think about what do you do over and over again that is authentic to you, that is part of what you want to keep doing. And so how do you then take this uniqueness and and these attributes that are special to you and put them in a a document that some of us might look at as as sort of a a staid sort of well how am I supposed to make it shine in a in a bio? Well what can I how do I put that forward or in a resume? How do I then bring flavor into a document like that? Some of that has to do with thinking about your audience. So if you are writing a more professional bio, maybe that has to be part of a a proposal, it's going to have a different feel, a different flavor. If you're writing a LinkedIn profile, you really want it to be first person, accessible, a conversation. You know, you want it to be if a client asks you, what do you do and why should I work with you? You almost want the LinkedIn profile to sound like the answer to that question. First person, Mm -hmm conversational, very accessible. And that may be one way that you write it. And then you've got this more professional, maybe even third person bio that you're using for proposals, but they have the same threads. They have the same answers to those questions. They have the same stories. And what we tend to do is write the stuff that is comfortable first. So when you start writing, you'll notice that the you know, the the information that everybody includes will start at the beginning. These are my credentials. This is maybe where I studied. And then as you title, you know, I am a executive coach or I am a relationship where where you're sort of making yourself a a category instead of maybe a person. Mm -hmm. And using those titles that maybe people don't even understand and they definitely don't connect with. And then as you keep writing and you have those other sentences that you've brought in, or you have some of the other stories, you'll start to get braver as you write. And you'll write some of those things towards the end. So especially when you're doing like a LinkedIn profile or something that you really want to connect with the audience, look at those things that you wrote at the end, those statements that you wrote towards the end. And my guess is that you're going to want to pull some of those up and put them at the beginning, because they're braver. They're more real. They're the more authentic. After you've gotten all the generic junk out of the way, you actually got to the real. So pull that up and put it on the top. And maybe record yourself or listen to, if you have any opportunity to record yourself talking about what you do, what you say is often better than what you sit down and write because you automatically start editing yourself and thinking about what it should sound like instead of what you sound like. What neat tips. So if somebody is working on this, maybe just sitting down and just writing and writing and writing and seeing what comes out, maybe free flow without editing and just sort of allow your creativity to come out on the paper. Nobody's going to see it, but you until you you get it, but just kind of allow the flow to happen, huh? 
Yes. And sometimes it just happens in your head. So I was trying to rewrite my LinkedIn profile. And it's always hard to do it for ourselves, which is why, you know, it's nice to have someone help you. But when we are um, doing it for ourselves, it was just sitting on a plane. And I'd been thinking about it for a while. I'd written down some ideas. I'd tried some things out. And then all of a sudden, it was like, this is it. This is the phrase that I want to use. And so I wrote it down and made it, you know, made that note on the plane because it just been circling in my head and all of a sudden I had the right thing. So it may take some time. And that's the wonderful thing about a bio is that it's nice if you have something, but you can always change it and update it and, and really find those phrases that fit for you. Oh, give yourself permission to tweak as the tweak is needed, huh? Or as, as the new comes out. So right. could we spend a little more time thinking specifically about LinkedIn? Yes. I loved your comment of you your LinkedIn profile should be the answer to somebody saying, what is it about you that would make me want to work with you? Or why should I work with you or whatever? I, I've never thought of that before. So yeah. what else should we think about when we are, LinkedIn is huge and it's, it's growing by leaps and bounds as well. It, it's very likely to be a place that professionals are going to find you. Yes. So yes. What, what should we know about LinkedIn? LinkedIn is interesting because it is a good place for our market. So if you're looking for professionals, that's where professionals are. However, most professionals, unless they're a salesperson or coach or some other kind of careers professional, they might be there, but they're not there every day. So LinkedIn has actually a kind of dismal number comparatively to the other social medias of people that go there every day or, or even every month. So if we are trying to prospect there as coaches, it's a great place for us to be. And we have to realize that people are there. Our clients are there when they need to be. So when they're thinking about making the transition or they're thinking about advancing their career and they're also there um, on a more sporadic basis outside of that. So if we work with leaders who aren't necessarily looking to make a career move, they might be on LinkedIn once a month. Now that doesn't mean that we can't post there and be active there. And we'll talk a little bit more about what that could look like, but it does mean that if we really want to get a hold of someone it's still the best scenario for us if we can get their actual email or get some other way to interact with them on top of LinkedIn because they're only going to go to LinkedIn maybe once a month if they're not actively looking to make a transition or actively looking to hire someone or a marketing or salesperson who's using LinkedIn to do marketing and sales, which might not be something we think about as a coach. We think, oh, everybody's there. Right. But not really. <laughs> yeah, I know. I've had an experience of messaging somebody on LinkedIn and not getting a response for like three weeks, probably because they're only there. It might not be the place that they hang. And I know my husband, who is a executive, I think he only goes on LinkedIn to, to make sure to check for typos in my, in my LinkedIn posts. <laughs> Yes, they don't go there very often. No. And so if you do connect, and a lot of people will accept their connection requests, but not necessarily read any note you might have written with it, which is frustrating because I, I do think you should take the time to write a note. But a lot of people don't read that. They'll just hit the accept. Once they've accepted, you can see their email and you can send them that email outside of LinkedIn. When you do that, it should not be a sales pitch. You never want your first email to someone to be a sales pitch. You can say, oh, we connected on LinkedIn and I look forward to staying connected. Or, you know, we connected on LinkedIn and I've done some work with your companies. It's been so much fun. I look forward to staying connected. 
You could offer them the opportunity to opt in to your newsletter. You never want to add them automatically to your newsletter just because they connected on LinkedIn. That's not going to be a good start for a relationship. So send that email outside of LinkedIn, make some kind of, of connection and maybe offer for them to join your, your newsletter. And then you can stay connected through things that are mutually beneficial. So you might be posting an article to LinkedIn and think, oh, this would be really helpful for this person that I've connected to. I'm also going to send it to them via email. And you send them a quick email saying, hey, I saw this article and thought it might benefit you. Perfect, right? Mm -hmm. You can find those touch points without having to be salesy. But the biggest piece on LinkedIn is, you know, how active do you want to be? Do you want to post articles? A lot of the changes that LinkedIn has made make it that if you actually post long form text updates, so it's not necessarily an article, it's just an update, which is 1300 characters, that those can get pretty good views. And then you want to mix those in with some kind of visual that you're sharing or some kind of article that you're sharing. The great part about social media really is that you don't want it all to be your content. If everything you're sharing is something you've written, it gets to be like, oh, you know, it's just Meg being about Meg um, versus Meg being about me, which means that you might share some articles that aren't yours because you think they'd be valuable to me as your audience. So you can spend about, you know, 20% of the time writing your own and 80% of the time it can be sharing other people's and you can mess around with that mix to see what feels good to you and what adds value to your clients. But it doesn't have to just be you Um, always writing, always coming up with your own stuff, which is helpful when we want to be coaching that we don't have to be spending all of our time coming up with content. Well, and I think it encourages us to be more present than if we know that it's not only perfectly, not only okay, but actually perfectly acceptable to be sharing other things that are, if they're of value to us, maybe they're going to be of value to our audience. And the other thing that you said, Marie, that I absolutely love is that it's not about selling yourself. It's about building relationships. So if somebody connects with you, I mean, ultimately, yes, it's about building your business and building your presence. But if, if, you're connecting with people just to push something at them, people are not going to want to connect with you. If it's really genuinely saying it's great to be connected and I appreciate you accepting the invitation and I look forward to future communication, how nice versus, and and I don't know how many of you in the audience have gotten connected with somebody and the first thing you get is flooded with do this and do that and I want to know how you want to buy this or it's a turnoff for me. And I'm, I'm assuming that I'm not completely unique in that. Oh, I block people, <laughs> especially if they send me, you know, well, we help coaches get more clients. And if you want more leads, I'm like, well, if that's supposed to be your business, and yet this is the first email you're sending me, no way, because we're not going to be on the same page about how that gets done. <laughs> so great awareness there too. And when we want to create what we say, like, you know, we've got that, well, we've got our LinkedIn profile. So what do you recommend as sort of being some opening? I've heard many different things about the best way to put the profile out there. So I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about how that should be laid out outside of that it should answer the question of what's unique about me. Right. So who you are, who you work with, what you do, and 
why why you do it, which sometimes kind of sounds funny, but that helps people understand it. And Susan Critton always says this, what the experience of working with you is going to be like. So tell people not just what you do and, and, you know, maybe who you work with, but also what will the experience of working with you be like? How does that translate? And it's hard because LinkedIn keeps changing their layouts and everything, but you pretty standardly have that 120 characters in your headline. And that really should tell people who you are and what you do in a human language. So again, we try to get rid of some of those titles, but you do want some titles because that's how people are going to search. So you're going to balance that keyword, you know, the the keyword of coach or executive coach or that those types of words with something that's real about who you do. You know, I help executives get to the next level or whatever kind of tagline you might create for yourself. So you want to balance of those keywords and that what you actually do in your headline. Headline is the best place for social media search optimization. So you want to make sure you have the titles in there that people might search when they're searching for you. Then you have that little tiny bit of the summary that shows up without having to click see more. And it's about 200 is it 200 characters. It's that little two lines. And some people like to put that keywords in there. Some people like to put a quote. Some people like to try to be really catchy. I would just say, write your summary without worrying about those words, and then go and look at the summary and figure out what might be the hook for people to read more. But I can tell you that that little sentence only matters so much. What they're really probably going to do is scroll down and see what your experience is. And this is something that very few people do. But in the titles for each experience, you actually have a hundred characters. So instead of just calling yourself executive coach or coach trainer or, you know, whatever title you might give yourself in your own business, you could actually put some kind of verbiage there, helping clients get to the next level or whatever it is. So you have almost as many characters in those title fields as you have in these in the headline. And those title fields are what people are mostly going to see. They're big, they're right. bold, they're more tangible because they're actually your job titles. So use those characters as the hook for people too, because they're going to scroll past those and see those big, bold um, titles. Oh, that's a gold little nugget that I certainly didn't. I'm I'm sure if we look at mine, it's it's executive coach, psychotherapist, I don't know, show host, Uh, not a whole whole lot of exciting. I think I might might use 10 out of those 100 characters. Yeah, that's, that's great. Any other anything that I haven't asked you that that is a tidbit that that somebody could implement right away, whether it's, you know, standing out in the crowd, or using LinkedIn or using their bio. I'm opening it up for you, Marie. Take it away. Yeah. So, you know, in the social branding class that we teach, so we teach a social branding class for coaches and, and other people in the in the coaching career development industry. And one of the other pieces that I find most people haven't really thought of is who is their target audience? And are you too broad? I saw one coach's bio where it like listed pretty much every kind of coaching that you can do. And I thought, well, that's really ineffective, right? Because you're not targeted at all. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work that way. So really be brave in thinking about who your audience is. So you don't necessarily need to be niched, but if you can get really clear about what that ideal client looks like from head to toe, in what level are they at? What gender are they? 
What age are they? What are their problems? What are their uh, the challenges that they face most often? The better clarity you have around that, then you can make your decisions about what you post on social media, what your profile says, what social media are you on? Because you won't be thinking, oh, do I need to be on Instagram? You'll know my ideal client's not there or yes, my ideal client is there and you can make that choice. So it'll work itself through and it's not an, a, an exact science. And, you know, if you're just getting started, you might have people telling you, oh, you need to niche, you need to figure that out. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll evolve and it'll be okay. But the more clarity you can keep getting around that, the easier all of these decisions will be. And when you talked about, um, then you'll know what, you know, should I be on Instagram? Should I be on Pinterest? Should I be? I love that because there is oodles of trainings out there. We both know. I mean, there's no shortage of different people who can tell us how to, to be good at what we do. And those all cost money and they all take time. So if we can get clarity about which piece we do want to be an expert in, do I want to learn how to do Facebook ads? Well, is my audience on Facebook? Do I want to learn how to do Instagram stories? Uh, Well, does that make sense? So I really like that. And the other piece that you had mentioned earlier and I'm I'm just wondering what your thoughts are about this. For those people who don't have experience from actual clients in creating, you know, the, the clarity around what success experiences have I had with clients that I can bring forth and use in my wording, I would think that even if they were to talk to people that they feel that they have brought value to those people in whatever walk of life. It doesn't have to be in coaching, but we we bring a presence forward in whatever we're doing. And if we can get clarity about that, we could move that into our bio as coaches around sort of the essence of who we are as a person. Does Is there value to that? Definitely. And you want to build on what you've done. So you don't want to be a coach who's trying to pop out of the middle of nowhere, no matter what age you are, what you've done in the past, you know, use your previous life experience and communicate to people how that's going to add value to their experience with you. So if you've been in corporate, talk about that. If you've been in nonprofit, talk about that. And if you are transitioning into coaching, the easiest way to do that and and build your credibility quickly is going to be to build on what you already have. And then you can start maybe working with different clients in different ways beyond that. So, you know, if you're coaching around life issues, what kind of life issues have you dealt with? You're coaching around corporate issues. What kinds of corporate issues have you have you been dealing with in your positions? And tell those stories and build on that because that will help build your credibility as you make the transition. And those are all ways that, that help us stand out from the crowd in our own unique way. Exactly. No one can have those stories. No one's dealt with those exact same issues. And Marie, you've used the word story repeatedly. So I really hope that everybody has heard we will be more effective through our stories. People love to hear stories. People relate to stories. So if we want to be more relatable, one key way to do that is through our stories. Yeah, and stories are transparent. You know, they they show who you are. And you want to tell them in that transparent way as much as possible. And, you know, vulnerability is a huge topic right now. And I was kind of laughed because, of course, we're going to choose what stories we're telling. So we're somewhat vulnerable. <laughs> and that's okay not to be all the way vulnerable. But that story is vulnerable and you want to tell it in a way that is 
emotional and, and really gets to the heart of the story. If you stay too surface, people will will tune out. Thank you. Thank you so much because I know how valuable this is going to be. And you bring this specialty that that many of us just, it can be overwhelming. How do I stand out from the crowd? How do I differentiate? So thanks for taking the time to help us understand that better and giving us some specific things we can do to make that happen. Yes, thanks for having me. Very fun to talk with you after seeing you at ICF and hopefully we'll connect in Prague. Yes, won't that be fun? (laughs) Such great information. Hopefully all of your wheels are turning thinking, okay, how am I going to create a bio that draws people in and makes them want to learn more about me and the services that I provide. So thanks again to Marie for providing such incredible information. And if you'd like to know about more about Marie Zimanoff or Career Thought Leaders Consortium and Resume Writing Academy, go to starcoachshow.com and check out the resource page where we will have all of Marie's information. In addition, I want to congratulate listener Missy Gonzalez for winning the book draw from this past month. And she won Jungle, A Journey to Peace, Purpose, and Freedom by Cindy Henson. That means we've got a new book in our book giveaway, VUCA Tools for a VUCA World by Dr. Ann Deaton. So if you want a chance to win that book, go to starcoachshow.com. On the contact page, just enter your name and that the, it's for the giveaway. If you want to save me a step, also put your address in there so that I know where to mail it if, in fact, you are the winner. I won't use your address for anything else. I have to tell all of you that I have been doing nonstop interviews over the past couple weeks. And we've got some incredible shows coming up. We've got shows about how to work with your clients around dreams. And we've got a neuroscience episode coming up and a several leadership, different concepts around leadership. We've got a master certified coach talking to us about how to get a really clear, crisp client agreement and so much more. So you're going to want to keep coming back. If you haven't subscribed to the show, I would recommend that you do so so that it just automatically comes to you and you never miss an episode of the Star Coach Show. And if you like the show, I would so appreciate a rate and review on iTunes. So until next week, I wish you the very best for your coaching success. This is Meg Rentschler, and I hope to see you at the same channel next week. Take care.